With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, Don't you dare be sour. Clap for your world famous two-time champs and feel the power. It's a new day. Yes, it is. For 12-Pack Radio. Get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta Rank college football statistical model, and your home for sharp college football. And the model's cooking. The model's cooking. This is Brian Conger. Thank you for joining us. We're headed into week 12, almost rivalry week, but not quite, not quite. I'm joined as always by Rob Bauer. And Rob, first first of all, we got to get something out of the way. Hold on, hold on. I'm too sexy for my love. Mm. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. That's right. That's right. A dual 6-0 and on the podcast. I'm back at 55% against the spread. The model's cooking. I'm feeling good. Everything is right in the world, Rob. I felt like I felt like I was like a ghost wandering around and finally my soul settled where it needed to be. It's just it's it's been great. It was a good week for us. We're the the podcast is cranking. I, I I was very excited with the results. How are you, sir? I mean, I'm great. This is the second week in a row where Beta Rank has an absolute error that is less than half a point different than Vegas's absolute error. Like that's darn good. It's beautiful. And overall, Rob, you know, we had talked about this being a stupid, stupid week. And it was, um, <laughs> just in a different way that we had anticipated. Yeah. I mean, this ended up being like the night of the long knives, right? Like this was, <laughs> this was too, like all of our sort of like, uh, I mean, hopes, if you will. I mean, like for the Pac-12 conference, right? Really needing and like really needing to get a one loss conference champion, and we are down to one yeah. right after this. And that, that I mean, and like for the conference as a whole, I mean, like if you are a fan of Washington or Arizona, you do absolutely do not care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you have, like, sorry for your losses, everyone. <laughs> um, I'll be out here partying. But the, um, you know, I think for everybody else in the conference, like it is, it is a little bit of a bummer because I think we're the Pac-12 really did have an opportunity, a really good opportunity to, to get a one loss conference champion, which is in this particular season with the way things are setting up around other conferences in college football would, would pretty much guarantee a spot in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if again, like nobody, nobody cares outside of those teams and outside of like us and like five other people that are big fans of the conference, because if you're on Twitter, like Washington is just licking the sweet, sweet tears from Oregon. <laughs> and, and to be like, we have a bunch of friends that are Oregon fans that are, that are very sharp, you know, college football fans that get the Pac-12. They're feeling themselves a little bit coming into this game. There was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of talking about Bonix, about uh, about Oregon's offense and Oregon's defense, and ultimately it was the defense that ended up really letting them down. And and the secondary has been a little shaky. 
in Washington's pass offense. They've been a lot of shaky. Right? <laughs> I mean, I want to call, I don't want to like, there's a no, there's somebody on another podcast, Pac-12 podcast who has been like, no, no, like I'll take Oregon's talent. I'll take Oregon's talent. And I was like, no, no, like you should not, you should trade Oregon's defense for literally anyone else's. <laughs> well, and to, to his, I mean, obviously Kalen DeBoer was awesome in terms of the play yeah. calling, but, but even more so Michael Penix just threw some, and so did Bo Nix in that. That was just, a fun yeah. freaking I that was a fun game to watch both of those quarterbacks just dropped some dimes I just there was there was a little bit of backlash against Penix because he had thrown a couple bad picks but for the most part all year he's been super fun to watch and he can and I get it like it, it's kind of it's kind of all or nothing with him right but the all like man he just throws a beautiful deep ball and he can throw those outs real hard and and he did and he just made that secondary look foolish and and still to Oregon's credit like Oregon hung in that game and it was a bad start for them right Washington gets the touchdown pretty quickly and Oregon was able to to fight back but ultimately I mean just I mean Washington deserved to win that game they went on the road to Autzen and just put up put up the the points that they needed it was it was it was a fun game um, I mean it was to their credit too I mean like after Panix had that bad pick like they hung in there right and and Oregon ended up making enough mistakes that Washington could win the game and, and I really I mean like I, you know Washington gets the win you know there's not an immense amount of space between these two teams even in the model right now that said like I mean I think if you were going to play the game again Oregon would be favored by Vegas but like Great win, but I mean, Washington sees their opportunity that Oregon gave them in this game with the, you know, with the, you know, the, the Ducks on mistakes. Yeah. And, and we'll go through some of those mistakes here when we break down the game. We're going to do a review of last week. We're going to preview this coming week. If you're, if you're joining us, that's the the model that we do. Um, it, it, one, another, what, what other, let's do three general thoughts. What, what's, what's another one that you have? So, I mean, what's really interesting and I, like, I, I want to call this out because I think that this is a really good thing for the conference. Like, when I ran the model yesterday morning, like I'm rubbing the sleep from my eyes because I actually stayed up to watch the whole freaking game, UCLA Arizona game. <laughs> it went down <laughs> to the wire, um, and as I'm like looking through the results, uh, you know, in in VI, which is where I do my coding, I'm like, oh man, like the pack, like the the top seven of the Pac-12, like the lowest ranked team is Washington State at at 31. Nice. That's the seventh team. And like, so the Pac-12 doesn't have any teams in the top 10, but like overall, yeah. like one through seven, they're all almost in the top 30. That's really good. I mean, compared to like the, the Pac-12 all of a sudden has what appears to be, have made some good coaching hires, you know, and they have some actual honest to goodness, like depth as a conference right now, what the PAC 12 lacks, which is what like the SEC and the big 10 have is they lack a real, real power. That's in the top five. Um, but the you flip it around though. And then like the other half of the conference, like there's a big gap from 31. And then the next school is at Arizona at 65. And then after that, you've got four schools that are 80 or below in the Pac-12. And that's, I mean, that's like, it feels like the conference suddenly, like it, it is, it's, it feels like it has like a, like if you're in a math, like a barbell distribution, but it's like, it's, it's, there's two conferences, right? Like there is <laughs> a very good conference, you know, not great, but very good. And then there's like some really bad teams. Right. And like, like, and we've seen this, right? Like if you're, 
you know, if you're one of the lucky teams that gets most of the really bad teams on your schedule this season, like you're going to pile up some wins against those teams. Oh, yeah. Nobody can play defense and you look great. Like, right. It, it, yeah. I mean, you've, I've seen this in, in the narrative nationally and uh, and and regionally where it's like, well, th- these offenses are great. Well, they are they are quite good. And some of them are excellent. Yes. They look even better because of the you know, because this is a, a John Edwards conference, right? There are two Americas right? yes. <laughs> the haves and have nots are basically the Pac-12 right now. So and if you look at some of the schedules that these teams are playing, like even Washington has an awful defense. So Oregon's offense yeah. is going to look good against them because uh, Washington's defense sucks. Now, is Oregon's offense good? Yes, it is good, and Bo Nix has done a good job. He's also played trash defenses, um, and he's done what you know, like what any good quarterback should do against those defenses. So I don't want to take away from him, but it's more. It, it, yeah. it's, this is this is one of the the weeks where I wish bowl season actually mattered because we would really see the flaws in these teams when they if they went up like in a in a fiesta bowl or like in the holiday bowl when you know right. it, there, there was never like a real golden age of bowl games but there, these games were more competitive um in past years and and we're just not going to get that this year we're like I want to see somebody light USC the F up and we might see that with UCLA this week. So I might get my wish early, <laughs> but there's going to, you know, if they made, they were kind of like, they, they reminded me of like a Notre Dame team where like Notre Dame would always be overrated and go into a, they were like, Oh, and nine over like a nine year span in their bowl games because they just, the, the projections of them always had them higher than they should be. And I do yeah. think that that's kind of the case with some of these teams in the PAC 12 when they play like a quality team on both sides of the ball. Well, and to your point, right? Like even within the conference, some of these very good offenses looked like they ran face first into a wall when they faced the handful of decent defenses in the conference, right? <laughs> like, like USC has the number four offense in beta rank right now. They looked like somebody had let, they looked like they had like some post COVID fog when they played Oregon state. Like they look completely out of sorts. And the, the same thing, like, I mean, like Utah's got a decent defense. They're at 27. Washington State's got a decent defense at 23. And literally that's it. Like Oregon State at 15, two in the top, like two more in the top 30. And then nobody else until you get to Cal at 63. <laughs> like, this conference, like, but that's the, like, this conference needs some deep defensive coordinators like stat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Let's break down every game from the previous week. Let's look forward to week 12, and let's do it right after this. <clears throat> All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12 football. We're talking Pac-12 football. A lot of games on the slate. If, if you're new to the show, what we do is we take a look at a matchup. We see how the, the previous teams did. Um, the, the, two, the two teams did previously, and then we kind of look forward into the game that they have. And last week, we said that this was you know a dumb, dumb week. This week is awesome. And it's not even just awesome, like with the big games, right? You have USC at UCLA, you have Utah at Oregon, which are the, really the highlights. But I think Washington State at Arizona is interesting, and I even think like Oregon State at Arizona State is again, it's very hipster. But I'm just curious to see how Oregon State does on the road in the heat, you know, against a team that will likely have Emory Jones, so it might not be as as you know close of a game. But there's a lot of directions to go. Rob, where do you want to start? Let's start with the dumbest game of the weekend, Stanford and Cal, the big game. (laughs) The big game. All right. So Cal is a four and a half point favorite at home against Stanford. The total on this game is 46 and a half. So they're not expecting a lot of points. Cal, Cal just got waxed 
by Oregon State. This game was not close. It doesn't even look as close as the the score was, right? Like it was it was like thirty to thirty to seven, like in the third quarter. Oregon State able to do what it, what it needed to. And look, like I, I ended up taking Oregon State just because it, it is a tough place to play, uh, you know. And it just seemed like Cal is a team that can keep they can even those friends that kind of they they barely have their life together all of the time. <laughs> like they're they're they're, they're, they're you know they they make the meetings on time you know they show up on but you could just tell it is a struggle bus for them to kind of to, to stick to their commitments that strikes me as the cal golden bears and then but the problem is with people like that is like once once an emergency happens or, or once something happens that is unexpected the wheels just collapse on the cart and i think that's what happened in corvallis this week 38 to 10 the beeves able to take care of business and I, I, I just was, I was a little disappointed in Cal and what they were able to do on offense. And by a little, I mean a, a tremendous amount. But at the end of the day, look, Oregon State was able to take care of business. Six and three is an excellent year for them, and they have the chance to do a little bit more damage. Yeah, uh, you know, like Oregon State was terrific in this game, and their defense is up to fifteen overall uh, in, in Beta Rank. They, they absolutely just dropped the hammer on a very bad Cal offense to the point that Cal fired their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which by the way, I mean, like, I mean, it's like at the bar where you ring the bell and you get a big tip like that, you know, we, we kind of, and, and Hipliday on the offensive line and us too. We actually talked a little bit about him cause he was at UCLA and he was a recruiter yeah. and it's like, yep. well, good job. Like recruit bad, you know, good players to a bad offensive line. He didn't do either. And, and both of those guys are gone. So ring the bell for them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they held, yeah. they held Cal to, and of course it's, there's some sacks in here too, but like it was less than a yard rushing for, for carry. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> I mean, I got 2.5 a carry. That's brutal. And we had talked about him last week. I think he might be hurt because he was having a really good year at the beginning of the year. And, and just the numbers, it's like a roller coaster yeah. going down. I mean, eight, eight rushes for 20 yards. I mean, they got to the point where Plummer was throwing the ball 34 times. And look, I would love for Cal to have an awesome offense. I think they have some interesting wide receivers. They have the, the tight end. That's like the four-star player at the end of the day, though. Um, if you can't, if you can't move the ball, like, I don't know if, if Cal, under Musgrave is an offense where you want to see the ball thrown that many times and no touchdowns, one pick. And uh, I mean, better than 50% completion rate around 60. But at the end of the day, like if you're Oregon state, this is exactly what you wanted, right? Like just a SmackDown, pack it in, move on to the next one and see what you can do. Like yeah. any, any other takeaways from this one? No, I mean, I mean like you got to give credit to the beeves. I mean, they showed up, played hard, <laughs> like worked off of the defense like cashed in on a great field position, doubled up the bears on yardage, like just a, just an overall dominant performance uh, by them. And I mean, it's true too. I mean, like Cal's defense isn't good. I mean, that's really like the, the, you've been able to sort of like hang your hat on that. If you're Wilcox for the last couple of seasons, but last year they fell off a bit and this year they've fallen off even more significantly. I'll be honest. I had that Utah Stanford game on the second screen with the sound off. <laughs> now I had it on, but I, there really wasn't a reason. I mean, the game was a little close in the first half, right? It was like 14, seven, but that, I mean, yeah. you just kind of, even, even then. And, and when we were talking, I had mentioned, yeah, you know, Stanford's probably good for 14 points. And you said, really? <laughs> and you were right, man. Seven points. This game, I mean, th- what a, what a mess. And you look at Cal, 
making the decision to, I mean, I, we've already, this is such a dead horse that we're beating. I mean, it, it is what it is. Seven points in this game. Something has to change with Stanford. The team is what it is. And, um, and, and like, the, but this is a rivalry game and they're given four and a half or they're, they're catching four and a half. I don't think it matters. Like, I, I just think Cal's better. I, I was going to bet this game yeah. up to seven. The only thing that made this game sort of like close in that first half was like Utah didn't run the ball as much as they should have. <laughs> that was it. And then eventually they're like, oh, yeah, oh, that'll work. Uh, <laughs> and so they did. They just ran the ball. I mean, they, they did like that opened up the throwing a little bit. Um, but like the only thing that works on this freaking Stanford team is the pass defense. Dwayne Aquino has still got some guys that can cover. Here's what worries me in this game. And and here's like, I mean, like Stanford's oh, run yeah. defense is at 128 and an effective rush. Do you, th- I mean, like this is it. Like, I, I think Cal's better than Stanford, right? Like, I think they'll be fine there. Like oh. Cal should be able to, Cal should be able to run the ball on Stanford. Beta rank has this at seven points for Cal. And I think, I think Cal's defense, I mean, I like, I don't know. Like, I just, it's hard to see Stanford putting together any kind of offensive competency. Like this switch to the, um, the slow mesh is one of the worst decisions I have ever seen. That, you <laughs> like, know, well, well, as you're saying that I kind of had that moment where it's like, Oh my, like where the mind explodes. Cause you're, you're right. Because who's going to rush the ball, right? Odd has been a mess. Right. They clearly, that's, no, that's the problem yeah. is like, who's, who's going to run for them. They clearly don't trust the backups, and Stanford does have a good secondary. So, if if Plummer has a big day, it's going to be against like into. The, I'm I'm using very heavy like four fingers for each air quote the teeth of the Stanford defense. Uh, but that is the strength, and I don't know if I trust Plummer. I mean, the 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 thing is again, their their receiving core is actually decent, but right. uh, the, and if you flip it around, like Cal isn't going to put well, like. Cal wasn't able to put pressure on anybody. So I know there's a lot of, and one thing we should have mentioned with Stanford, there's a lot of injuries on the offensive line. Um, Obviously their running backs are like, there are injuries and they're piling up for Stanford, but McKee might just have time. And, and how, how good is, how good is Cal's pass defense? They're at 62 and effect, like they don't have a run pass split. Like they're at 63 and overall in beta rank. They're at 65 and effective rush and 62 and effective pass. I mean, it is like, I mean, Stanford's at 79 and in fact to pass they're at 98 overall offensively, Um, you know, like they're going to put like Cal's giving up raw points per drive 2.37, which is a pretty good number. (laughs) Stanford's only putting up 1.54 against a mostly packed 12 schedule. Um so I don't know, like I, I tend to fall on the like, like I mean, I like the Bears. Like I, I think that if, if I had to pick one thing that I am sure of is like I am pretty sure Cal can run the ball in this game. Just because Stanford is that bad. <laughs> stopping the run. But that said, like when Cal of late, and gosh, they're on a losing streak. Um of late, when they have put up points, it has been with plumber throwing the ball around a little bit and i don't think that that's going to be there for them um as much but i mean i don't know like if the other thing with odd is is like who did he go off on he gave off on he went off on the other horrendous rushing defense in the back 12 arizona so i don't know i'm gonna gonna go with the bears here 
Yeah, four and a half. Like if this got to seven, I think I'd take or seven and a half. I'd take Stanford. Yeah, because I just, I mean, and I, I don't think I'm gonna bet this game either way. I'll, I'll take Cal. I, I had put in my notes to do to seven, and then I looked at the line. I think it opened at four and a half, and it's kind of stayed there. So, yeah, give me Cal too. I, I do think that, like, if they lose, we'll know why. It's, it's because they weren't able to get pressure, and McKee was able to light up the defense, and Ott just is, is for whatever reason, the production isn't there, but the the rush defense is so bad for Stanford. So I think we'll know if Ott is injured, if he gets like 60 yards in this game. I think that's probably the indication that, Oh yeah, that might be a problem. They got to have somebody behind him. That's the thing. That's that. That's weird. Yeah. Is that like, I think if, I think, look, if, if the running yards are there for the taking and Ott's not healthy, they'll, they'll, they've got to go to Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. All right. We'll both take Cal. Um, it's, it's a bummer. Like if this wasn't, if, if it was the same team, Without the name Cal on it, I would just jump all out. But like, I do think that because it's a rivalry game, I think Stanford's given up. But this might be the game where they like the game yeah. against BYU. That's the problem, right? Or like, do they play Notre Dame yet? Oh, they beat Notre Dame. The BYU game, <laughs> I think they're just going to get housed. So just keep that in mind. I just don't know. Like, I mean, this game in particular, right? Like, I, you, and I are not believers in that rumor that Wilcox got offered the Oregon job. No. Um, like clearly that was that was not true. But like I do not like these two teams are so freaking bad. Like the the Bay Area football is in a really desperate spot. I mean, like Cal just had to pull like the FTX like logos off the field because they had like crypto sponsorship. Oh, with the FTX. Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's terrible. Like, I just it's funny because like the founder of that FTX uh company that like they did that just crumbled and they had to pull back is like her parents were stanford law professors oh my gosh it's all intertwined and going wrong oh my gosh so uh a quick side note so um i like i was using BlockFi for interest because you know they're offering like nine percent and then i pulled that stuff out about four months ago and i'm like i think I think this. I think it's about time to just pack up and head home. And now I'm getting all these emails, and they're like, "Oh, Mr. Conger, like a lot of things have been happening here, and we." It's just like oh, no. they're trying to explain very politely that no one's getting their money back, and like I think I have like ten dollars of interest. Like I wasn't able to get a couple like of the coins out. I'm like, ah, what? Who cares? Like it's too much. Holy <laughs> Moses! FTX. Good lord. This uh, is this is what happens when you have a bank run. Because you don't have FDIC insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a reason they were offering that interest. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on. Let's let's do the next the next game. Let's do Oregon State at ASU. Oregon State opened. I think it was at a four and a half or five and a half point uh, favorite. That's now bumped up to seven and a half. I set this at seven, and okay. I, I did it for a couple reasons. The first is like I need to see Oregon State go on the road to do some stuff. Um. It's going to be hot at ASU. I think ASU has still kept like kept their life together for, for you know like they're, they're they're for for all the things that have happened to that team. I think they still are playing hard. They might not be playing well, but they're playing hard. And sometimes right. that means giving up a lot of yards on the ground, which makes me hesitant to take ASU. <laughs> it should because they're <laughs> one of the other really bad run defenses in the conference. And and the second thing too is is Trent uh, Borke um I think he made that offense better, and he's. Yes. I think he's going to be out of this game. Um, Emory Jones ended up coming in, and he was okay. But if it's Emory Jones, like 
I, I, I put a cap on the seven, assuming that Borgay was playing. And now that he's not, I, I think I'm still going to take Oregon State. I, I don't like the extra hook. That's a key number to work through. They got to go on the road. They're not the same team on the road. But break down this game here. I'm, I'm, I'm not sold yet either way. I So Baderang, this is one of the ones where the model sees this quite different than Vegas. Um, Baderang has this as closer to 15 points mm. um, here. And part of the reason here is that, Oregon, I mean, as we talked about with, you know, Oregon State's defense, like their defense is really good. Like they're the best defense in the Pac-12. Um, but like, I think underneath, like, ASU is absolutely going to give up some points in this game. Yeah. They're at number 98 on defense, um, but they really struggle. They're at 108 in effective rush. Oregon State, this isn't this isn't like one of their better offenses. They're at 44 offensively, but they're at 33 in effective rush. I think they're going to be fine. Like, I think they're going to be able to show up and run the ball pretty well. Um, they're not going to ask Bill Branson to, you know, go out and win the game with his arm or anything like that. And then to your point, you know, like where this offense has really improved in the last couple of weeks has been that Iguano's now calling plays and then they put in Borgay. But like, I just, I, if he's, if he's not playing, I really like this Oregon state defense a lot. I feel like it feels like I'm living in a different spider verse <laughs> yeah. saying that, but like they're really freaking good. Um, and I think they have a shot to really come in and just shut down ASU. Like, I mean, weird. I mean, like this is like, I don't know if there's a team in the conference that is more reliably weird than Arizona state. Like a couple times a year where, I mean, like you remember that was it like two years, like the game, like where they were playing Washington state and they turned it over like five or six times or something like that. <laughs> I felt like in like 10 minutes, they just turned it over an insane number of times. Um, that might've been last season actually, but they <laughs> like, you could sort of like ASU, like weird stuff can happen with them. And it feels like this season, maybe a little bit more, um, and so I'm with you. Like I get like at, at ASU is a really dangerous spot, but I, 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 I like, I like Oregon state here. I understand why the, I understand where that line has moved up. Um, I think a lot of people who run numbers are going to have uh, either professional betters or modelers like me are going to have Oregon state at higher than the six that it opened at. Yeah, I can I can see that. You know, in Oregon State, just and we just talked about Cal. You know, on the other side, Oregon State, Gil Branson. I think he's fine, right? Like yeah. he he's uh, what is he probably like the seventh best quarterback in the Pac-12, which is actually saying a lot for a freshman and a good. This is a good year for the the Pac-12 on the quarterback side. Is that that right. kind of in that that range? He might even be a little better. I don't know. I mean, like, are we talking about like the good Jaden Delora or the bad Jaden Delora? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he's like, I think he's, I mean, he's fine. Like, I mean, he's not, he, he's, he's in no way like gonna really hurt them with what they want to do. And truthfully, like, Oregon State is likely gonna have some pretty good field position in this game. Um, and be able to work off of that. This should be similar. Like it, this should be broadly similar to the the Cal game, um, you know. And like I, I, I just I don't think I just do not. I mean, the other thing to keep an eye on too is like Oregon State has a significant special teams advantage. They're at thirty five in special teams. ASU is in one hundred two. Yeah. Um, like the beef should have a real good field position to work off of all game long. 
Well, let's let's take a look at what ASU was able to do against Washington State. Almost a backdoor cover, right? They scored 12 points in the end of this game. For the, for the most part, this game was out of reach, right? Like by halftime, yeah. they almost had they almost had thirty points, um, and then scored none. <laughs> so that's the one thing that worries me a little bit. But um, look, Nakia Watson is fine. Like he's clearly better than the backups they have. And the, the little guy got injured, which I, was, I think Jenkins got injured. And he he played in this game, but he was out for a couple games, and so was Watson. And you look at that offense, and you go, oh, gross, uh, because they really didn't have anybody to be able to run the ball. Both of those yeah. guys are back and healthy. So um, they were able to take care of business against ASU's rush defense, which is why I'm, you know, why I'm going to take Oregon state. I just think, I don't think Washington state's rush defense is that good. I think it's fine. Um, yeah. They've just been really good against bad rush defenses. And here's another one. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, like, and one of the things that gives me some pause, like, and we'll talk about this when we get to the Washington State Arizona game, is like Washington State should have run the ball more. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. Cam Ward was bad in this game. Um, you know, like even by his standards against a bad defense um, for ASU. I mean, in ASU's pass defense is a lot better than their run defense. They're in the 60s and they're they're effective pass, but. Um, Cam Ward wasn't good and it felt like Washington state really, really should have run the ball a lot more than they did. I mean, if you look at the called runs that they had, they only really ran the ball 28 times with their backs. Meanwhile, Ward threw it, you know, or, or had a, a, a pass call on, on 42 times, which is a real bad mix for what you're getting up against ASU. Like you, you, you know, you should just get in there and run the football against them. Um, so yeah, like I, I, and truly too, like this game, ASU was completely shut out in the first half. You know, they got, I mean, Washington State didn't score in the second half. It felt like oh, I don't, they weren't all that interested in the second half. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't know. Like I think ASU is gonna, I think they're gonna struggle mightily against this this Oregon like because like, this is true of like most teams that we talked about too like when was the last time ASU played the last time they played somebody with a decent I mean I guess it was Washington State right like this Oregon State defense is even better than Washington State it's like this is gonna be a tough matchup yeah yeah I, I agree I'm it's a little weird because like I'm taking a favorite on the road in hot place um with the team that again is still is still you know carrying itself a little bit but I just think this is a bad matchup, and I don't think Emory Jones, right? He had a decent, decent game against Washington State. I don't know if that happens against Oregon State again. Like we've, I feel like we're in a, a different universe where we're talking about Oregon State secondary. But I think it's decent, yeah. and yep. and uh, I, I think Valade is going to get his, but it's probably going to be like one thirty and a lot of carries, and I don't think that's going to do it unless you have really uh, Jones going out there and balling out. And I just, he hasn't done it all year. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take the beeves and it sounds like you're doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the beeves. Okay. We need somebody to argue with us last week. We picked all this. Oh, maybe not. We, we, we both went six like, and out. Like, so. <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like, see, yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like, like, I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing. If it feels like some of these are like, no, you should definitely take this team. Right. Like, but I, I, I look at some of these games and I'm like, I'm, definitely taking this other team like there's yeah i was pretty close on the lines guessing it before they came out too so i think i think we have more of a handle now that we're at week 12 unfortunately i wish it was week six usually we're locked in by week six but um all right we're gonna get to the other games we're gonna do it right after this 
All right, we're back. And we've we've said this twice, Rob. And we've we've lost both of them. When we a line comes out and we just go, "Well, that's bonkers. What the heck is that?" And when I saw the line come out in the Washington State at Arizona game, Washington State's favored by 4, and the line went down. I just my head exploded. I I I had this game at 10. <laughs> <laughs> like was, I don't know what like four I, I get it Arizona just beat UCLA Arizona yeah. can be a tough place to play it's going to be right. hot but it's going to be like 11 in the morning it's not going to be that hot um maybe maybe you'll get there uh, we're getting into to the winter anyway um I just I thought this was was a crazy line you know I guess we should talk about Arizona first right because they go on the road and they straight up beat UCLA and this game was weird, and it was fun, and I think most of the weird and funness was on UCLA, <laughs> because there there is no world like we we knew that Arizona was going to score points in this game, but the assumption and the reason it was a twenty point spread is because we assumed that UCLA was going to just get more points, and Arizona just the the defense looked different, um, and they right. were able to take advantage yeah. of the weaknesses. Well, I, I should I should back up. Jaden Delora was able to take advantage of the weaknesses, and by that means he ran around and just pulled things out of a hat. So, like, props to him. That that's kind of why I'm a little worried for Arizona going on, uh, you know, going up against Washington State. I don't know if he has the chance to do that again. That that just struck me as a quite unique uh, performance. And you're going to get some good like that, and then you're going to get some bad uh, similar to that, like when they played Mississippi State. <laughs> so I, I just well, yeah. yeah. I think there were two things uh, that I, w- I would call out that in particular were different in this game. One was they took some of the decision-making out of Dolores' hands in that he had more quick looks where he was supposed to get the ball out. <laughs> and so, like, they had a lot more quick hitters for him in this game Unless, like you, like, and this offense, when things go wrong, sometimes can devolve into Delora just sort of like scrambling around for time as all of the routes are breaking like ten yards down the field. And Arizona hit a lot more. I mean, like now some of the really big plays later on, to your point, came like with him scrambling around. Um, but like I think as a whole, Arizona just did a lot more like to try to like limit, limit some of the bad Jade Jaden, right? Like, cause there is some, right? Like there where it's like third and one and he's throwing like a 40 yard bomb or something like that, you know? Well, and he runs, um, he runs with the football, like, uh, like it's his arm isn't a, like a, in a cast, like he can't bend it. And so yeah. he's running with it out to his right. I'm like for the look. Oh my gosh. Like uh, every time he runs the, I have a heart attack. It's crazy. But the other thing, which was very different was Arizona brought heat. Like they brought a lot of pressure and this defense has overwhelmingly not, I mean, this is like very different from what they ran under Don Brown the year before. Um, they just have not blitzed a lot this season. And it's like, they were just like saving it all. I mean, I was joking. It was like somebody introduced Johnny Manson to like cocaine during only cocaine is blitzing. Like, he's like, Oh man, like, what is this? This is amazing. I feel so alive. Let's do it all the time. (laughs) And they blitzed so much in this game, you know, and they put, they put like Thompson Robinson had a pretty bad game. You know, like, I mean, he threw for 245, you know, but his completion percentage was only okay. 
Um, you know, and like they got, they, they got UCLA to make enough again, like they hung around and hung around and scored points against a really bad UCLA defense and UCLA made enough mistakes that Arizona was able to pull it out. Yeah. Zach Charbonnet got his, he made Arizona's defense look stupid. Like he makes everybody's defense in the pack. look stupid. Um, 23 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns. And like every time he touched the ball, I'm like, oh, sweet Moses. Like, please, please. 7.5. It's not like that's all one long run. His longest run of the night was 37 yards. Yeah. He just, (laughs) he didn't knock him out. He just hit them in the gut over and over and over again. And UCLA had the chance to win the game, right? Like there's that, that last pass to Bobo. If it's a little, if it was thrown a little bit more, I think it gets hit, but like, I think he, I think Delora was under pressure, not Delora. Um, uh, Thompson Robinson was under pressure, which was kind of the story of the game where Arizona was able to, to push him around and kind of get him to do things. And I think one of the things that was interesting for me was like DTR talks like a lot. Oh, and, yeah, and I, and I love it. Like he's a good player at this point. Like, and he's just talking trash and stuff. And Arizona like just hung around that whole game and just really gave it back to him. I don't, I don't think this is a, like, I don't think Arizona is going to replicate this performance against Washington state. We already talked. Well, mm-hmm. I want to call like one thing worth calling out here is again, like UCLA did something really dumb here. They, so you have 39 call, like 39 attempts for Thompson Robinson here. You have another 11 rushes, most of which were called pass pass plays that he would scramble on which means they only truly called to either Charbonnet or Yankoff 26 run plays in this game against like 50 pass plays. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Arizona's, Arizona's defense has a huge split, right? Like they're at 74 in effective pass. They're at 116 in effective rush. They clearly are much more vulnerable against the run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's inexcusable. <laughs> I didn't right. Know. And UCLA's, bread and butter is running the foot. Like I came into this game thinking like, yeah, maybe Arizona hang around, hangs around and score some points, but you know, like UCLA is going to run away with it. Right. Like they, you can run the ball against Arizona. They'll be fine. And they didn't like, they didn't do it. And I, that I just, I couldn't understand, especially with the way they were getting yards. That, so one more thing on this game, cause I was, I'm curious what you think. We might disagree on this. So there's a point in the game, I think it was in the fourth quarter, it might have been in like late in the third, where UCLA is on its own, f- like what, 35, maybe oh, yeah. 33, something like, about 35, we'll give it a benefit of the doubt. And it's like fourth and five. It's not fourth and one or fourth and two, it's fourth and five. And Kelly goes for it. Uh, it might have been on the 40. It was like in that in that range. Kelly goes for it. Um, And... Look, I'm not a fan. Like, I don't trust Arizona's defense as far as I can throw it. But it just struck me as, like, the game was still close. And that struck me as too aggressive. They don't get it. Arizona gets the ball immediately, scores a touchdown, basically. So I, I'm just curious what you think. Because, like, I know I know what the analytics and, like, for the most part, I get it, right? If you're in plus territory, if, if it's, you know, if you think you can get the yards – but your own 40 and your, or your own 35 and it's fourth and five. That's where I think things get a little shaky. So this one is actually less about like the analytics of like the probability of getting a first down. It's the, what's it? Uh, I think if you were going to call it analytic, like you can run these analytics and that can tell you it. But I think a lot of these coaches also know that they have really bad defenses. 
Yeah. And that like, and you see like Chip Kelly knows his defense has given up a touchdown if he gives the ball back. And I think that's it. Right. Like, and I think like that having a really bad defense <laughs> should cause you to be far more aggressive on fourth down. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I mean, cause you just know, like your defense is going to, is likely giving up a touchdown. It's likely giving up a touchdown. If it, I mean, um, it's like that, like Washington gave up like a 95 yard touchdown drive. They have a really bad defense, right? Like, in there, like the Washington is probably going to give up a touchdown no matter what, uh, against Oregon. And, and like, it was mostly the, you know, like the ducks mistakes that kept them out of the end zone. Um, you know, like if you, if you're Chip Kelly, like, and you've seen Arizona carving up your defense all night, like you just kind of feel like you've, you've got to keep the ball and you've got to score. Um, and you've got to put, you've got to put points on the board with your offense. Cause you know, your defense can't stop. Okay. All right. Um, on, on this game, I don't think it's that complicated, right? Maybe like you can break it down here. I just think that Arizona's rush defense sucks. Yes. Dickert knows this and he's not an idiot. Like he's, he's going to run the ball a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of yards from Jenkins. <laughs> and, from so. Watson. Um, and then on the other side, like, like Washington state's defense is, is good and they're going to get, they're going to pressure Delora. I don't think Delora running around is always going to lead to what you saw against, uh, against UCLA. And I think the secondary of Washington state isn't terrible. It's like significantly better than UCLA's. I think like what, what's, what's yeah, that? They're at 20. So Washington state's defense is at 23 overall. They're at 26 in effective pass, um, 26 in effective rush. Uh, I mean, I like that. I mean, this Washington state defense is legitimately good. We've seen them in person. They're tough. They're smart. You know, they, 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 um, they swarm to the football. Um, I think what'll be interesting. And, and to your point here, like we, the, the, like they have some guys that can cover. I don't know that they have four guys that can cover. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. And like, so, so like, I'm not, I, I think four points is ludicrous. I think Washington state is a touchdown better than Arizona at Arizona. Um, I like beta rank had it about 10 points on a neutral field with the, you know, the home field, it's about like seven and a half ish. The, you know, like, and I, I do think, you know, there's a different, there's a huge difference between getting to go against Washington's defense or, UCLA's defense or USC's defense and then getting it to go against an actual defense with a pulse. Yeah. But like the one, the one stupid thing that gives me just a ton of pause here <laughs> is, is like if, if, if Cam Ward has to win this game, like if they, if they do what they do sometimes, which is like not run the football and rely on Cam Ward, this could be a really stupid football game. And I just like, cause I don't, th- I don't think that's going to change anything about what is like the, of what could, is likely to be a pretty frustrating day for Arizona offensively, <laughs> right? Like I think Arizona is going to have some trouble in this game. I think the, some of Dolores scrambles that were like just him running around, like that he can get away with against a bad defense. I think Washington state is going to turn into sacks. I think they could lure him into a pick or two, but like if can if like if this is the Cam Ward show, it's not going to work. No, well, I mean they they may still win the game, but like they could they could blow Arizona out by twenty one points if they committed to running the football. The the one thing where I think it works with Ward, and it's it's funny because like we criticize it a lot, but I think against certain defenses like Arizona, I do think that 
Arizona's going to get screened to death also, and it's going to work. Like the the tunnel screens, like I just don't trust the front seven at all. And, yeah. and I do trust some of the, the guys, the corners, but I think on these screens, you're just going to get, if, if, if that's all Ward's doing and you're running the ball for the majority of the time, like heavily, heavily run and then some screens and then like, you know, bomb one or two just to keep them on their toes. I think that's yeah. all you need to do. And you're going to win by seven. It just depends on their run pass split, right? Like yeah. if Washington yeah. state, if Washington state's at like 50, 50, they could, they might win by less than seven. If they are, I mean, they're normally like, like 70 30 <laughs> so, i just kind of worry about like that could be if there's one thing that could make this game like closer as vegas is like yeah we know what cam ward's gonna in washington state are gonna do they're gonna try to throw the football and that's a mistake against arizona like not that arizona's got some good pass defense you're just not taking advantage of the opportunities that are really in front of you yeah yeah i'm with you okay so you're, you're taking washington i'm taking state? wazoo okay. i'm taking I, I trust the defense well, UCLA has a big chance to redeem itself, right? They're a two-and-a-half-point dog at home against USC. We've been kind of hinting at this, or at least I have, for the last couple of weeks. I mean, I, I just think that USC has a real chance to drop the ball for the entire conference now, now that Oregon and UCLA have lost. Uh, they ended up beating Colorado 55-17. Uh, to 17. I had, they were running up the score. Yeah, that was what that was the takeaway I had was Lincoln Riley doesn't get, give an f about your feelings. Like he he's like nope we're, because well, this, he and Josh Heupel know what they're like. They're like listen, like there are no there are no points for being nice with the playoff committee. Absolutely, and and it was weird because the first uh, quarter and a half of this, I watched this pretty much this whole game. The first quarter and a half. I'm like, uh oh, because because we had I had bet and and we had taken I think it was like 34, 34 and a half or so. It was like it was a really big spread, and in the first quarter it's a safety and a field goal, and I'm like, oh no! But ultimately Colorado showed its true self, and and USC was able to take care of business in the in the next three quarters, and yeah, at the end they were able to cover because Miller Moss came in and scored uh, two touchdown drives. The first was with a run; it was either uh, I think it was a handoff. And then the second one, he threw it in with like six seconds left or whatever in the game. I'm like, let's yeah. freaking go. Like step on the throat, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Mercy is for the week. <laughs> absolutely. And, and like, other than that, I don't think really there's anything else to gain from this game. Um, Fontenot was able to run. I think that maybe that's it was like USC gave up 100 yards yeah. rushing to Colorado. But it wasn't like they gave up 300 or 250. It was like one, you know, with sacks around 135. And yeah, I still think the defense sucks. But um, any any other takeaways from this game? I mean, this, oh, is, well, a better, well, like, this I, is a better game than like Oregon's defense had against Colorado. Yeah, I, sh- I should have opened with this. Uh, Travis Dye got hurt. So that was a problem. Yeah. Um, so it's really a bummer that he's out. An excellent running back. He's been in the conference for years. Really showed out at Oregon. So I, I should have opened with that. That's, and I think he's, it looks like he's out for the year. I mean, like Riley, I said, either praying with him or giving him, give him like a really, really close pep talk, um, which is a, which is a total bummer. So, um, but even then, right. Austin Jones is nice to have him as your second back. And they got a bunch of guys behind him. Um, I mean, like, you, this is going to be a shootout, man. <laughs> this, I mean, like, this could be like some stupid game where it somehow turns not into a shootout. But like coming into this game, like USC has the number four offensive beta rank. They're at number five in effective pass, number 29 in effective rush. They get a UCLA defense that it's 77 overall. Um, you can absolutely put drives together against them. They're at 121 in drive efficiency. 
Um, they are at 67 in effective rush, 83 in effective pass. I mean, like sneakily, like a little bit under the hood, like Arizona ran the ball against UCLA too. Yep. Yep. Um, and Lincoln Riley's got a better run scheme and offensive line than Arizona. There's a USC has a special teams advantage, 26 in special teams versus 93. But here's where you flip it around and you're like, well, so UCLA is at number seven on offense. They're at number five in drive efficiency, number 11 in explosive drives. And they're at number six in effective rush, 27 in effective pass. They get a defense that's 82 for USC, 84 in effective rush, 76 in effective pass. I I mean, here's like, Beta Rank has this as UCL, like this on a neutral field, it would be USC by three and a, like three, like a little over three. It's basically got this because this is at the Rose Bowl as a pick Um, And I don't know, like I, like I could see it. Like what worries me about this being a pick is if they have to rely on DTR throwing them into this, right? Yeah. And I think you can, like USC's defense is bad. Um, but that, like, I don't know. I just like if if you if I really thought coming into this that they were just going to show up and just pound the ball on USC, which they could do. I just it's, it's like maybe it's just having watched that Arizona game. I'm like, do I trust Chip Kelly to like just do the smart thing all the time? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the thing that worries, like, right? I'm going to take UCLA. I've been saying I'm going to do it like basically all year. The, but what you just said worries me a little bit. And the other thing that now, one thing to mention is, I mean, UCLA has like two wide receivers that are awesome, likely out of this game, right? Addison and Williams are probably out. I think um, they didn't play in the game against Arizona. Maybe they're saying they play like Addison played in Col- against Colorado. Oh, he did. Yep. How did I yeah. They that? shuffled him in a little bit. He, he didn't play all game, but yeah, he played some. Okay. All right. I, I take that back. My apologies. Um, I, I'm curious how healthy they are. Um, because like you saw a lot of Taj Washington and like Brendan Rice and yeah. Kyle Ford and that stuff, so I think they're, I think they're banged up. The thing that worries me, um, on the other end, is holy Moses, UCLA secondary looked awful against Arizona, and they haven't been good all year, and right. and like Williams is gonna just gun that ball down the field, but they're at home. I I just I think they're I think it was. It sounds weird. like right now I'm going into like sportscaster nervous. It's good that they lost against a team to get focus for USC. I think it's true in this game. I, I, I just think UCLA has what it takes to put up points against USC and force USC on, you know, to, to react. And that doesn't happen often. So I'll take UCLA. Yeah. I'm going to, dang it. I'm going to agree with you. Like, I think, I think it's, I think this is a really tight game. I think what UCLA does well though, is they contain big plays. They don't give up a ton of big plays, 29 and explosive drives. I think if they could force USC to have to drive the length of the field, I think that could hurt them. I think Travis Dye being out could hurt them. And Addison, I don't think is going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Great game. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this game all year and, um, and my grandpa's from, from like LA. So we're, I'm going to be able to watch this with them live. I'm so excited. Like it, and, and we're going to have money on the game. It's going to be awesome. So UCLA well, or- it came down too. I mean, it opened at, USC by four and it's come down to 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. Get those lines early, man. Get them early. <laughs> All right. Next game. Let's do, uh, we already talked about Colorado. So let's talk about them playing Washington. 
Yeah, Colorado, 31-point favorite. Um, we, we don't really need to talk a ton about Colorado. What we should talk about is Washington's win over Oregon. I mean, that's that's the big story here. Um, again, we, we covered this more at the beginning of the uh, of the, the it was just fun, right? Like Penix threw a pick six in the red zone and they still won this game. I want to talk about one thing and there's some other things to talk about. But so so you have you have Oregon on their, you know, on Washington's three yard line or something. Right. And it's like fourth and one. And and I'm like, OK, well, you know, like Washington can't stop the run. So, yeah, just freaking do it. Go for it. And all of a sudden you have six wide receivers and the quarterback line up on one side and like one guy with his accountant oh, yeah. in the center. And then you it have like they're going to run like a swinging gate. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other side, everybody has party hats on like on the left side, they're all grouped together. And I'm like, what? And, and like, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden they run towards the center and they hike it and fumble the football. And I'm like, what? Like Washington's defense is garbage and you have Bucky Irving and a, an offensive line that has been like has been meticulously recruited for four years by an offensive yeah. line coach. What in the hell was that? I was I was furious um, at what they ran. I mean, like, look, and I had no, I had no, I, mean, I bet on Oregon. So, but like, I had no, I just wanted a good game in general. And I was, what did you like? Just freaking get the ball in the end zone. Like you could do a sneak, you could do a back. Like there's so many things you could do besides that play, and I just thought they got too cute by not even half, but you know by a million, yeah. and it cost them. Yeah, I mean it really. Lo- I mean, it felt like I was like, oh man, that was a Jed Fish type call. Yes, like yes, I mean, like the man, I was like, what do we like? Because like in, in case those of you that don't watch the entire conference like we do. I mean, although if you're paying attention to this, you probably do watch some of it. It's like nobody loves gadget plays like Jed Fish. Um, it felt like something like that. And really too, I was a little surprised because I feel like Dillingham, their offensive coordinator <clears throat> has been ruthless as a play caller <laughs> and like just efficient. And I thought that they would stick with that. It was definitely an odd one. It felt like something they really felt confident. That they were saying. I don't, I mean, it's hard to say that like the, like it looks particularly dumb because then they went and fumbled, you know, maybe they end up fumbling, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, but it was bad. That was, that was really bad. And that, I mean, like, I mean, kudos to Washington, who could not stop. I mean, neither of these defenses really did much in the way of stopping. You know, but, like, Washington really was not, like, I mean, they gave up 6.1 per carry to, to Oregon. But they they got a handful of stops, you know, when it really mattered, when Oregon lined up to run the football. I, I mean, Penix was awesome. I mean, like we knew this coming in, like Washington was like, I mean, I did think Washington mixed in enough run and they got some yards when they did it. So I don't want to take it like, but like we knew it was going to be the Michael Penix show because that's what Washington's offense has been all season. And he in just lit up. Oregon. Oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. The secondary is bad. The the thing that I th- found fascinating, there were the two other points. Actually, the first is, just like we saw in the Friday game against Oregon State, that has a good defense, in in this game against Oregon, Penix pulled so many fourth and one, third and eight, like just a lot. I'm I'm curious, is it what is their drive efficiency? Because they have just nailed at least in the last two games. Oh yeah, those third down, fourth down plays that they needed. No, no, this is one of the fascinating things about this Washington offense. So they're at number thirteen overall 
in beta rank. They're number four in drive efficiency, but yeah. there are only 29 in explosive drives, which is like unusual because they're the number two pass. Like they're the number two pass offense in college football behind Tennessee. Um, they do an incredible job keeping the chains moving. Right. And like, that's one of the things that I think um, with Penix too, is like he, they, they do take some deeper shots um, when they throw the football. And so that can sometimes put them in like, they, they're going to hit more third downs and, and he, they, they have absolute confidence that they're going to get them. Yeah. They're kind of like bizarro Arizona, right? Arizona's long and short. And Washington is all explosive plays. Arizona yeah. is insane. Like they have no drive efficiency. Like Jed fish is like the all home run offense. Yeah. But Pen- <laughs> Penix can, can toss it, but they do yeah. a lot of that midfield, like 15 yards, eight yards. And I oh, like yeah. that. They just keep that ball moving. Oh, that whole shot he hit for that last touchdown. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Like where the guy swung out and like the, a whole shot. I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners know this, like a whole shot is, is when the corners playing wall coverage and stops like at 10 or 15 yards and then the receiver once he gets past that is the safety's responsibility if you're playing too deep sometimes that is a little bit of a space for that safety to run to and there's a gap before the safety gets there between the corner and the safety and Penix hit the receiver along sideline in that whole shot that's an nfl type th- i mean i'm not saying Penix is like I mean, he's going to get drafted, but I'm not saying he's like a first round pick or something like that, but like those kind of throws where you can put it to the sideline like that and beat the safety to the spot so that your guy can run in like that was a hell of a throw. If you want to know, like if you don't watch this game and you should, and you want to know what Rob's talking about, just look up the highlights and you'll know exactly what throw it is. Cause the safety is like, Oh no. no. <laughs> 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 you see the corner stop, right? <laughs> yep. And yep. release. And then it's the safety's man. And like, it's like, Oh, <laughs> and he was on it pretty quick. Like that was, the, I think what made it even yeah. better was his, in the safety's instincts were good. Penix just, th- just chucked that ball so fast. Like that was what was crazy about it. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Was so good. Um, la- last thing to, to talk about here, you know, uh, we're talking about two cute by half another onside kick. Yeah. You know, it you know, wor- worked against UCLA and I think it was needed in this game. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think? Did you hear DeBoer too? No, no. So no, no. So DeBoer today was was asked about the onside kick, and he said that they noticed that they had, they knew something was up because Oregon sent out the the guys with di- the guys with different numbers were lining up in different positions. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so just FYI, <laughs> like if you're going to run the surprise onside kick. You need to have it look exactly like your regular kick. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. I just, I just thought that Oregon had a chance to win this game. And I think there yeah. was two. Now, the onside only cost them three points, but that's seven right there. Um, you right. know, trying to be too cute. And that's the game. Uh, or that's 10. That's 10 points between those two, those two plays. And that's the game. Um, obviously, you know, there's more than that, but it, it just. It's a bummer. It's a missed opportunity. And I think Oregon had a chance, real chance at the playoff if they had um, played it a little bit more conservative, which is weird. I, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but um, I thought that. No, I mean, like, Oregon, like, look, Oregon, like, the offense played really well. They just, like, this was one of those games, like, where their defense was so bad and Washington's offense is so good. Whoever made. Whichever offense made it was, it wasn't like the defenses were going to get stops. It was whichever offenses made the most mistakes. 
basically and blinked. And Oregon ended up, unfortunately for the Ducks, like they ended up with more of the mistakes. Yeah. yeah. But a really good, I mean, like, I don't want to like, this is a really, really, really good Oregon offense. Like I, like I, we, I, I thought Dillingham was going to be an interesting hire. I thought he was a good hire. I didn't think that he was going to be this good this season. Yeah. Um, and, and this has really worked out, I think, for the Ducks. They've got to figure out something on this defense. Holy Moses. Yeah, and Fra- Franklin. Whew, and Bucky Irving. You're right. Yeah, I'm glad. Like, right, It feels like we're dumping on Oregon, but like, it, it, this is one of the more, more fun offenses I've seen in a number of years. So very – and, and Bo Nix had another good game. Um, it, when it comes to, to Washington, Colorado, I'm going to take the 31. I think I – think, and for two reasons. The first is Washington's defense sucks. Um, and I think that they're, they think that Colorado is going to be able to run the ball and just try to sit on it as much as humanly possible. And, um, and it's a hangover game. Like they, you just went to Oregon and beat, and you beat Oregon. Now you got to come home and play this dumb, dumb Colorado game. And you're going to give me 31 points. I like I've, I've lived dangerously with Colorado and for the most part, it's worked out for me. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to, I'm going to take the 31 and I'm going to pray for a dumb, dumb game. And I don't think Colorado, there's no world where I think Colorado wins, but I do think they're going to get 17 points and maybe a little bit more than that. And, um, and I'm just going to hope that their defense can um, not be the worst in the country, which it is kind of close to it. So I don't know. What do you think? Like the Washington run defense isn't, Bad. I think their teams are often choosing to throw in every possible situation against Washington because their yeah. pass defense is so bad. That's true. Um, I, you know, because we've got it. Their their pass defense is at one fifteen. Um, their run defense is at twenty two. But they're 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 a problem. I mean, I just oh man, like Baderink has this at like almost thirty eight. Um. <clears throat> Which, if Washington had not just beat Oregon, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, take that!" Like <laughs> the Huskies are going to blow them out. Um, I'm I'm going to take Washington here, and the only reason I'm doing it is because they lost to Colorado last year, and I think that there's enough memory of that, even with the Oregon I win. About that, what a dumb that thing. like that stupid, <laughs> stupid loss to Colorado that they had last year. Oh my god! I think that like which was was that like did they fire Jimmy Lake after that? Like it was. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many. There's so many games where they should so have. So many <laughs> stupid. So many stupid things. Uh, okay. All right. And and I do remember the that game where ASU fumbled six times. It took me a little while, but that was also a dumb game. Okay. Next game. I mean, like just another whopper here. Utah is getting three points on the road against Oregon. That's oh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. that's come up. Like it opened at Oregon plus one or I mean, Oregon. Yeah. Minus one. And I get it right. Like you take a look at this game. It's Oregon at home. Utah. I mean, like, is there, well, first I should stop. Is there anything else we should talk about Utah? I always feel Utah is, has, has been a, uh, a product of its own, uh, success, like it's been hampered by his own success on this podcast. We rarely talk about Utah because they they blow out all the dumb teams, and you're just like, up, oh, yep, Utah did the thing they was supposed to do. So right. again, again, one once more, you know, they just beat the tie. Anything to say about their game against Stanford? No, I mean, it's just not. I mean, it's like it's hard because like Stanford is so so bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, like Utah's like they 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 took care. I mean, they've taken care of like the two bad teams that they played the last two weeks. You know, like and I mean, like if you could take something away that I think in like their past 
their pass coverage has looked better in the last two weeks than they have at other points of the season. Mm-hmm. And that would be a good thing to be take, carrying into this game here. Um, I hesitate to say, like, I mean, that they're all of a sudden going to turn around and run the ball really well because they ran the ball really well the last two weeks because Arizona and Stanford, of course, have really bad pass or run defenses. Um, they're going to they're gonna have to show up and throw it against the Ducks. That's how you beat Oregon. <laughs> so I initially wanted to take Utah. And I think I got a, I think what I had this was at as Oregon by five. Um, okay. But I mean, Oregon's good and they're at home and they're going to score because Utah's defense is, is fine. It's not great. Utah also right. is not great against mobile quarterbacks. That's always been kind of an issue for them. And Bo Nix has had a hell of a year doing everything for on the ground and, and through the air. Um, and they, and they just got punched in the mouth by, uh, by Washington. I'm a little nervous. Like I, I really wanted to take Utah cause I don't trust Oregon's defense. And I, but I do think that Utah's defense is, is significantly better than Washington's. It's, it's just a like, lot better. Yeah. I don't know. What, so do you, what do you think? Here's the watchouts in this game, right? Like, so here's like, Bader Ace got Utah by a point. It opened in Vegas, Oregon by a point. Like, it's, it's not off by a lot here. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, uh, I think Utah's going to be able to show up and throw the football, right? I think Vele, I think Kincaid, I, I think. Utah is is going to be able to to find some guys open and carve up this Oregon defense. I think they're also going to be able to run the ball a little bit. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball like they have against, you know, like we talked about Arizona and Stanford. You know, this Oregon defense is bad, but they're a different animal defending the run for sure. And I think Utah is going to have some better field position because I do think that their defense is going to force some stops here and there, right? Yeah, but here's here's my biggest concern with this Utah defense. They're at 27 in beta rank right now. They do a really good job with drive efficiency. Their offense usually gives them good field position. They find ways to get off the field and not give up points. But they are at 43 in explosive drives. Oregon is the number six offense in beta rank. They're at number three in explosive drives. Oregon is big plays um, for points. Now, Utah's defense is at number 15 in effective rush. Their front seven does a pretty good job plugging holes, making it difficult to run inside. Now, we saw against Arizona. Arizona, for some reason, gave up running the ball off tackle. (laughs) But, like, for the most part, Utah does a good job with that. They're at 15 in effective rush. They're at 52 in effective pass. You can throw the ball against Utah. You can. They've done a better job with coverage um, against Arizona you could see like what worked was they were, they were sending blitzers like they're there because the, the real vulnerability of this U team is they don't have a good pass rush. And that's just, that's what worries me in this game Yeah, is Utah. I don't think that like you, Oregon's got a really good offensive line. And I think if Nick has all day, he's going to carve these guys up. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I initially like, I just think that the Utah that the Utah initially had like, you know, I've, I've adjusted my expectations for Utah. If this was Utah, um, you know, the, the team that blew the doors off of 
the Ducks two years in a row or two games in a row. Like it's just a different team. And this is a different offense. And it's not the Mario Cristobal offense. It's, uh, you know, and, and he's not checked out of the game. And it's at Otson. Like I just, you know, Utah has won there before, but I'll take Oregon. Um, I know the numbers say to take Utah, but I'll I'll pick Oregon, and you know, and it, it'll just be a good. I think that I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think this is going to be a really yeah. excellent game. No, I think this should be like look like Oregon's defense is still bad. Like Utah is going to get their points. I just, I just really like. I don't. I don't think you like Oregon's coverage. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think Utah's pass defense outside of Clark Phillips is as good as they have looked the past two weeks too. Um, and I think, you know, I don't think they can cover long enough. And I, I think Oregon can pick up if, if Utah sent in pressure, but that might be what determines this game is if, if Utah can pressure Knicks, Udo with blitzers without giving up too much in coverage. And they're going to have to, right? Cause they, the Fillinger's out, they struggle getting pressure and he's not even that great this season. Like he may be somebody that develops down the road. Um, but he's not there right now. And he was their best guy. I'll, I'll take Oregon. I feel great about it, but that that's why, that's why this game is like a big one because I just think that it, it's, it's funny because a lot of the games that we've talked about, it's basically the same team with just different jerseys, right? Bad defense, great offense. Yeah. And this is different because Utah has an, Okay. Balance. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, it kind of, it's a little weird. It's, it's weird because like the, the first time there's been a balanced team, in the conference that we talked about. I mean, like well, Oregon's not going to like march up and down and score all the time. Right. Like they're going to, they're going to absolutely have some moments like where they're going to have, they're like, they're going to end up punting a few times in this game for sure against this Utah defense. Yeah. Um, You know, and like this Utah offense is going to, I mean, this this Oregon defense isn't great, but Utah's not set up like Washington to exploit their biggest weakness, right? Yeah. Um, and so Utah's going to have a couple punts in this game too. Like this isn't going to like, I mean, both these teams should still end up putting up points, but this isn't going to be like trading haymakers like it was with, you know, even with like Utah and USC or, um, you know, like Oregon or Washington. Like I, I think this game, like this game will be a little bit closer. Honestly, like this is like if this is at Utah, you're taking the Utes, right? Like 100. percent Yeah. With that home field advantage, but like I just I think in this case, like in particular, like Oregon's gonna Oregon should be just like we talked about um, with UCLA after the dumb loss to Arizona. Like Oregon should have their coaches should have their attention pretty well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, anything else to mention? How's the FBS uh, model doing? Or FCS. It's doing really well. I'm excited. Like, uh, it's going to be like, it's, it's definitely locked in a bit more. There's, um, there's some conferences out there, like the Southern conference which play like a really weird, uh, non-conference schedule in FCS, where they don't play. They just don't play enough non-conference games, but like there's some of the other conferences are really locked in. I feel like it's done a terrific job on the big sky. Um, keep an eye out because it will have Montana favored over Montana state. Even though Montana state has a better record coming into this weekend. How, what's, what's the, what's the sport? Like how big of it'll be just... in Montana by seven. Um, and what does the model have? Uh, no, but I mean the, the model has it Montana by seven. I haven't seen an FCS line yet. They usually come out a little bit later. Um, but I say like, uh, 
keep an eye out for that one because like it's I wouldn't be surprised to see Montana State favored in that game. But Montana's played the much tougher like the big sky is really good. Um, and Montana State has not played all the tough teams in the big sky the way um, Montana has had to. Like uh, Sacramento State is one of the best teams in, in FCS football. And Montana State has not had to play them. Montana has. Um, they also like, I mean, God, FCS football is super weird. Like Montana State beat Weber State, who's really good. They had three safeties in that game. Weber State. <laughs> I mean, like just... Like I opened up the box, like I was going through the actual box score. I was like, what the heck happened in this game? And like three safeties. Um, but they almost lost, like Montana State almost lost to NAU two weeks ago. Like their defense is not there. And they're gonna go up against a really, really good Montana defense. But that's it, like there's uh we're gonna have the uh the FCS playoffs announced after this week. So I'm gonna try to do an FCS playoff preview type show should be fun oh that'd be super fun well keep a look out for that sharpcollegefootball.com youtube sharp college football uh rob does a saturday six and uh and i'm excited i'm excited to look at some fcs stuff it gets it's the dog days of of the bowls you know when teams just don't care anymore it used to, bowl season used to be so fun and again it's like the, the, there was never like a pure glory year for for bowls but um I'm kind of excited about the FCS playoffs. That'll be kind of fun. I'm to, pumped to about the FCS playoffs with this, this modeling it. And now I'm like, I'm like really invested. I'm like, Oh no, we're going to have like an FCS playoff watch party. Like that's happening. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for that. When, when do those start by the way? When do the playoffs start? Oh, that's a great question that I don't know the answer to because this is my first year doing an FCS model. <laughs> you're going to get so, you're going to get so many like, <laughs> So many like Twitter and YouTube comments, you know, from people that have been watching this for like 20 years. Yeah. Even watch, like I had somebody, like I had somebody that was like, you don't have North Dakota state number one. I'm like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, well, stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll get you that. We'll get you that, uh, all that stuff here soon. Uh, sharp We will catch you next week for rivalry week. Have a good week, everyone.